We've talked about our mission statement, how to share Christ effectively. We said you must esteem God's word. This has to be important to you, number one. You're not going to share what you do not value or appreciate. Number two, we said you must place absolute confidence in the integrity of God's word. He watches over his word to perform it. It will not return void or empty. We said your testimony when you share Christ must come from your heart. It has to be a personal thing. You, like we shared with, with Jesus and that met with the woman at the well, you know, she had a personal testimony. She got all excited about Jesus because he read her mail, went back to, to the city and said, you, you're not going to believe what I just heard. So you have to have, have to have a personal encounter with Christ. Then we said this. In fact, say this with me. I must love the sinner. Bottom line. And, you know, are sinners sometimes easy to love? No. In fact, I find it sometimes easier to love sinners than Christians. I'll say that again. I find it easier to love just a scoundrel than a Christian, a believer, who thinks they got a corner on the market. I, I don't like arrogant elitist attitudes, especially in believers. We're called to be humble. You're not going to attract the sinner if you come across as legalistic, I'm better than you, right? And uh, so I want us, I want to pastor a church that loves the sinner. I want to pastor a church that's not afraid to get down there in the dirt with the sinner. Doesn't mean you have to do what they do, but you and I need to love people from all backgrounds, all walks of life, and give them a chance. Didn't God give you a chance? He gave, he's given me more than one chance. <laughs> Amen? Because he's a merciful, loving, compassionate Heavenly Father. So I want to build that in you because in the days ahead, as, as the, you know, I believe the, the church is, is like a spiritual hospital. People that are sick, people that are, their lives are screwed up. Amen? And you think, well, yeah, we need to reach out to, you know, dysfunctional people. Listen, sweetheart, you come from a dysfunctional background. I bet nine out of ten of you do. And so don't judge that person because of their dysfunction. I think we're going to put mirrors all over the walls here. Because when you get that high and mighty attitude, you can just look over into the mirror and remember where God has brought you from. He's a good God, a loving God. We said that we gave you scriptures. We said God's love, we talked about his love is unconditional. It takes action, has nothing to do with your feelings. Gosh, can you, you know how many Christians live their life by their feelings? We can't afford to live our lives by our feelings. Do you know how many times I've stood up here and got up here on Sunday morning? Didn't feel like it. Are you a pastor? I don't feel like it. But you can't, you got to get beyond your feelings. 
Some of you, when you walk in the door, you might not feel good. You might not feel like worshiping God. What a wonderful time of worship today. It's nothing to do with feelings. God's unconditional love is a choice and an act of your will. You must choose, and I must choose to love the sinner. Bottom line. Then if you do, God loves, God's love will raise up. God's love will promote. God's love will encourage people. Then, then we got off. We, we did this. You know, I realized I gave you a, a heavy story a week or two ago. I, I don't know. Last week. How many remember that story? How many will never forget that story? Rules regarding judgment. And I want to get through this today. This is the positive side. Because instead of loving the sinner, most Christians judge the sinner. Well, if you just knew their family, where they came from. Bunch of drug addicts, bunch of alcoholics, you know. We, we can't afford to be like that. We're not to judge the sinner. We're to love the sinner with God's unconditional love. Now, I realize, you know, we need to look at a person's fruit. You judge a tree by its... If you see bad fruit, then you got someone that's in, in trouble. But you know how many times you go through the Gospels, how many times did Jesus run into the sinner? Did he just, just you know, beat him up? Chastise him? No. Just, what he did was encourage them and love them. And that's my Jesus. He, he loved people where they were at, no matter what they were. You know, I love this story, you know, about uh, of, of Matthew, the, the tax collector. You know, where did Jesus end up eating dinner? Applebee's? No. Where did he end up eating dinner? There's all kinds of stories where he sat down and had dinner at the sinner's house. Amen? And there's times there were, I don't know how the Pharisees and Sadducees, there's always religious people that creep into it, you know, get involved and have to pass judgment. But... We said there are rules regarding judgment. The first one is this. Look at Matthew 7. And I'm going to, I'll skip a lot today because I want to get through, a, you know, all of this. And these are, po this is the positive side of judging. Matthew 7, verse 1. Who, who, whose words are these, folks? Jesus, it's in red letter. Judge not that you may not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but not consider the plank in your own eye? Didn't he have a way with words? Well, he is the word. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, there's a plank in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. in regards to communion, we find these words, but let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine your neighbor. No, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. The Message Bible says, give yourself regular checkups. 
That's good advice, isn't it? Now, in, in the margin of my Bible, this is the commentary, and I, I gave this to you. Now, listen, Jesus does not forbid criticism, opinions, or the condemnation of wrongdoing. How many of, how many ask, I may ask you today, how many opinionated people are here today? <laughs> they, usually, they usually say preachers attract, you know, what they are. So I'm opinionated, my wife's opinionated, and we've got opinionated people here. And there's nothing wrong with having a righteous opinion. Amen? Jesus does not forbid criticism, opinions, or the condemnation of wrongdoing. What he forbids is being harshly critical. And the spirit of fault-finding that overlooks one's own shortcomings while assuming the role of supreme judge in regard to the sins of others. That's a good statement. So, you know, it's all right. You know, you, you can look at something or an evaluate someone, and you can say, boy, that, that individual's got some issues. And you might see evidence of a sinful life, but Jesus died for the sinner. We forget that. He died for the sinner, which we were sinners once. Now we are the righteousness of God in Christ, and occasionally we do what? Sin. But he forg if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, we, we looked. What's so important to God is the condition of the heart. All right. So we can judge people's lifestyles and character. We can judge their teaching. We can uh, judge their influence. That's so important. Okay, now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Rules regarding judgment. It begins with self-judgment. The second thing is, you and I, we find out in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, need to become more spiritually minded. We as believers should be what-minded? Flesh, Fleshly-minded. No, spiritually-minded. Okay, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God that we might know. See, if you've got the spirit of God, you're going to know. Say, I know, because I have the spirit of God. The Spirit is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. That's why you can go out and share with the sinner and preach to them and give them the word and they look at you. They just don't get it. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is 
spiritual, judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of the Spirit. So you and I, you know, if we're spiritual people, if you're here today, I won't have you. You don't have to raise your hand. But if Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you should be a spiritual individual. But you know what? Not many, there's not many Christians that are spiritual. They're carnal. Now, here again, listen to this in the, in, in the commentary of my Bible. I, I, I want to read this to you because it's so good. Well, that's, that's why we find so many other Christians judging the sinner Christians judging other Christians. People fall into three spiritual categories that clarify how the revelation of the cross by the Spirit is received from the human side. The natural man, unregenerate and devoid of the Spirit, has no appreciation for the gospel. The spiritual man, regenerate and possessing spiritual maturity, has seen in freedom from sectarian strife, has a nature that responds to the truth. And unbelievers find him difficult to understand. The carnal man, regenerate or born again, but living much like an unregenerate or sinner, is a believer with childish ways as seen in a, in a jealous and sectarian spirit. An immature, immature Christian lives more for human opinion than for Christ. Now, I'll say something. If you are a born-again believer, and you are given, given and it's, you're re, it's real easy to judge other people. It's real easy for you to be critical of other people, especially the sinner. Well, they're a sinner. I'm, I'm a Christian. What category of those three do you fall into? Should not be too difficult. You're born again. You're carnal. You're a carnal believer if you find yourself given to judging people all the time. Because if you're a spiritual person... You're going to be able to see through some of all, all that garbage and love that sinner, recognize and discern sinners do what? Sin. But at the same time, you know God sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross, and, the, and then you're going to pray for that person. So if you're given to being very critical of other people, whether it be a sinner or another believer, Listen, sweetheart, you got a problem. It's called carnality. It's called being ruled by the flesh and not being open to being led by the Spirit. Because if you got the Spirit and you're in the Word and you're in prayer and you're in fellowship with God daily, you're going to discern things by the Spirit and not just the flesh. You're going to be able to hone in and see. Listen, I've seen all kinds of people during 30 years of ministry. <laughs> I could tell you all kinds of stories. But in 30 years of ministry, I have found myself, I, I really 
have a heart and a love for the true sinner. Just like our Heavenly Father does. God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I, I have I've worked through the years... And I can remember years ago, I came into the revelation, I'm not Jesus, and I'm not going to save everybody. I can sure try, but I and do the best I can. But I, but I have found that I, 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 I love people, even the ones that are rough, even the, the ones that the average church wouldn't open their doors to. And you know what? I have reached out to people like that. And you know what? I have been hurt. Because I took a risk in helping someone. I just had a funeral for some young man that died in an accident. 40 years old. I loved him. I wept when he died. I believe he's in heaven. But the average church, the average preacher probably would not have invested much time in someone like that. But I want you to see, that's God loves people. Even the ones that sin, wake up the next day, repent and sin. Wake up the next day, repent and sin again. He's a good listener. I like Hanging it all in. Oh, yeah, that helps too. So what we need to give everybody else. You got some more of that? We'll pass it around. Are you, are you getting the picture? Oh, how God. I just, I, I can't say it enough. The Father loves people. He loves the drug dealer, the prostitute. He loves the... The one that even abuses other people. He loves the sinner. Christ died for the sinner. So we need to become more spiritually minded. The third one. I got to go quick. Look at Philippians chapter 1. So the first one concerning judgment. We need to judge what? Ourselves. Self-examination. The next one is we need to become spiritually minded. We need to become spiritually mature. So we're not so easily given to being judgmental. The third thing is, and this is, this is so important, we need to abound in love. Say, abound in love. I love this prayer. It's in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. I pray it. Paul says, I pray that your love harvest church may abound still more and more knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of the righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. See, if you're operating in love, and I'm operating in, I'm talking about agape love, the God kind of love, unconditional love. If, if love is a big part of you, and if you've got Jesus, you've got love. It's in you. But you need to develop your love walk. Is, is it just me that needs to, 
We all need to develop our love walk. How many of you this week, and I won't have you give a testimony, how many of you could, would, could, would like to go back and redo some of the things you said or thought? Yeah. We need to develop our love walk. And that's what Paul prayed. And I pray, when I pray the prayers of Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians over you, I pray this over the, the church I pray that the people of Harvest Church, their love may abound more and more. Because if you walk in love, are you going to be given to being critical and judgmental? No. There are different translations, but 1 Corinthians 13. See, I, I, I've got to, I realize, and I've realized through the years, that my love walk needs to improve. Is it just me? And so I go through, and I've got uh, different translations of 1 Corinthians 13. Let me read to you some of them. Love is so patient and so kind. How many of you could do better? I found myself yesterday talking to a person in front of me in a car. Anybody else ever? I mean, I was telling them. Like, what, how, how are they going to know? Why, why do we do that? But I find myself, you idiot! Then I pulled up. I had a guy coming home from church. And, and I was in the right lane on the four lane. And this kid sped up and I knew what he was going to do. He was speeding up to pass me. And sometimes I'm on right. I just kind of speed up a little more. I ain't going to let him get the best of me. And that kid was reckless. I mean, talk about willful. There's never cops around for the ones that need to be arrested. It's always good people like us that get the tickets. And that kid, I was, I, had, I was tempted to follow him, get his license plate and call him in, but I didn't because I saw that he was young and stupid. You can't fix stupid car. You just can't. But I talk to people. My love walk is, is, you know, I have an opportunity every day. How about you? Love is patient and kind. Love never boils with jealousy, never boasts, never puffed with pride, does not act with rudeness. No, no one here has ever been rude. Just ask my wife if I've ever been rude, she'll tell you or insist upon its rights, never gets provoked, never harbors evil thoughts, never glad when wrong is done, but always glad when truth prevails. God's love bears up under anything, exercises faith in everything. It keeps up hope in everything, and it gives us power to endure anything. Here's the one that I skip a lot of times. I don't meditate this much because I'm so convicted by my own spirit. Love has no loud words in its mouth. It's good to get other translations. God's love has no loud words in its mouth. No one here has ever been loud. I have never, and I say this with all sincerity, Julie, your husband, I've never heard a loud word come out of his mouth. He is so meek and mild. Now, I know you have. Right, Robert? <laughs> because 
well, Julie, we're cut from the same fold, you know. It's just the way. But love, God's love doesn't yell and scream. Love always forgives. Love never dies. Love is patient with people. Love is kind. Never does the graceless thing. Never insists on its right. Never irritably loses its temper. Love never nurses its wrath to keep it warm. Love can stand any kind of treatment. Love's first instinct is to believe in people. God's love's first instinct is to believe in people. So when you're dealing with the, the sinner, you should overlook some of their faults and find out there's something good in them. Oh, they just can't be. Because I know their family tree. They're no good. Maybe there is something good there. God's love will discover it. God's levered love, I'll end with this one. God's love never regards anyone or anything as hopeless. That's good, yeah. Well, there's just no hope for Micah. No, there is hope for you. There's no hopeless thing with God. Amen? I'll end with this. I had a lot more, but you've endured enough. I'll, I'll close with this. Self-judgment, positive side of judgment. Judgment begins with self. Say self. We need to become more spiritually minded. We need to let God's love abound in our life. And then we need to recognize this. And I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible in Romans chapter 14 and verse 10. Just remember, when you judge someone and you're out of order in doing that, Everyone, everyone say everyone. I mean, everyone will await the final judgment. There is a final judgment for what you and I did in this life. Romans 14 says this in the Message Bible, chapter, 10, or chapter 14, verse 10. So where does that leave you when you criticize a brother? Where does that leave you when you condescend to a sister? It, I'd say it leaves you looking pretty silly or worse. Eventually, we're all going to end up kneeling side by side in the place of judgment facing God. We don't think about that. We think about God wants to prosper us and we'll be in health even our soul prospers. We don't meditate on the fact that we're all going to stand before, amen, his throne and be judged facing him your critical and condescending ways aren't going to improve your position there one bit read it for yourself in scripture as i live and breathe god says every knee will bow before me every tongue will tell the honest truth that i and only i am god now listen so tend to your knitting You've got your hands full just taking care of your own life before God. Take care of you. You young ones, take care of you. Don't just be concerned 
about someone else, judging someone else. Take care of you. Examine your heart. Let's stand to our feet today. We started kneeling. Now we're going to end standing. Am I making you think? Am I provoking you just a little bit? We all make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're all works in progress. But let's just be careful with our words when we're dealing with the sins of others. Father, we thank you today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing up this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for softening all of our hearts to recognize the importance of the Father's presence and staying in His presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for softening our hearts to the sinner. That we're just to love them, not judge them and be critical of them, to love them into the kingdom of God. So, Father, I, I thank you today that as the people of Harvest Church go about their their everyday lives this week, they'll remember this and they'll reach out to the sinner with love and compassion. Not judge them. Not be critical of, of what they do because sinners just do what they're, what they're good at and that's to sin. But help us to accept them, love them, and, and receive them as Jesus did. So thank you, Father. For what we've heard, now watch over your word in all of our lives that we might truly practice it. Thank you, Father. We'll walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We'll walk in the, the God kind of love this week. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Now, next Sunday, Dr. Gant will have, I believe you'll have a word for you and the church. So please, now listen to me, respect the gift that God sent us by showing up. Oh, that went over really big, but, you know, I had, I had to throw that in there. Amen. Is there anyone here you want me to pray for your physical body today with your sickened body? You're all well. Good. Well, Father, I bless these people today. May they truly prosper this week. May they be in health. May their souls prosper. May they renew their minds to the word of God. And, Lord God, become more spiritual day by day. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you're not registered to vote, get her done. Think it's a little late, she said.